Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. And welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast. Probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Ford, oh. and we're joined as always by a man in a room from Hartlepool. <laughs> he loves Japan, and he's Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? He loves Japan, he loves his mum and dad, and he just loves that beautiful licorice you get sometimes in uh, Scandinavian cafes. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, I'm in a bit of a silly mood. I've got so much work to do, but I can't be bothered to do anything. I just want to sit on my bum and play cyberpunk, but I can't. Oh, you're playing cyberpunk? <laughs> back on it, back on wow. it. I am a big fan. I, I finished Tear Down, I finished Hitman 3. Uh, I played a bit of Mario on the Switch, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get bloody into cyberpunk. I'm going to blooming cyberpunk it out and i thought because i'd kind of i i got to a point where you are kind of like sifting through memories <coughs> using a mm. computer and stuff uh and, and 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 finding out where this guy's hidden some chips or something i was like oh i can't i i'm gonna get back into this system and i'm gonna forget how the bloody hell to play this game uh but no i, I was able to pick it back up again so uh, for those of you who have kind of uh sort of left cyberpunk behind um yeah pick it up again it's decent it's fun Fun, fun, fun. Are you enjoying it? I, I don't remember if we ever got a review from you on Cyberpunk because I haven't played it yet. I want to play it a lot, but I'm waiting for the patches to come mm. out. Um, but yeah, yeah. You, you play it. Is it good? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a uh, it's a rich, a very rich experience, and uh, I'm enjoying the driving. To be honest, I'm enjoying just, just uh, like that kind of GTA thing where you just sort mm. of tootle around for a bit. Yeah, very enjoyable. You can't drive in real life. Hey, I tell you what, I've been. Busting that Fiat 500 round. My partner very kindly help, uh, allows, like, just sits there while I drive at ridiculous speeds for my, uh, you know, how proficient I am at driving. Um, and we've just been driving around. And I'm like, this is uh, driving an automatic. It seems quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> driving says. an automatic. It's like driving Famous a toy car. Words. Yeah, I, uh, exactly. I don't. I. I mean, I, I. I drove a manual for the first like seven years, and then I got mm. to Japan. And I got another manual car, but my car mm. now is not manual, and it's just a bit mm. boring. It's too easy. But when it comes to too driving easy. in the snow, which is something you have to do up here, it is a lot. It's a lot safer. There's no doubt about it. Like driving an automatic in the snow, it's not mm. half as terrifying. But yeah, I miss it. Right, miss the days of yeah. manual. 
Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, give yourself a little, get yourself a little gear stick. I mean, I think you can't most get money off a plan- toy gear stick. Get, get, yeah, get yourself a little toy gear stick. If you want to change, change your- But I think more, I, I, am I wide of the market saying that most automatic cars has the have, gives you the choice to sort of go up and down your gears if you want. Some of them You're do. A- my one doesn't. Yeah, mine doesn't. Right, okay. I have to make do with the toy gear stick. <laughs> Should probably raise my eyebrows when yeah. I get stopped by the police for doing something bad one day. If you're in the car again, and I get fined yeah. for the second time in Japan. Um, oh, Chris! I feel I'm still recovering from a video I filmed with your arch nemesis, Sea Dog VA Connor. Uh, he's not arch nemesis. I just, I, nemesis. I just love his voice. I find his voice very relaxing uh, and rich, and I find him very inspirational. Because uh, he's, he's good looking and he's blonde and he's uh, he's got a lovely voice. He's got everything going for him. That's all I'm saying. I don't know how you met him. I don't know how you get hang out with him. I bask <laughs> in the glory of Connor, and we uh, <laughs> he's all right. But we did do a video together right here in my apartment. He came all the way up to Tohoku, and I did yeah. a video at his house as well. Um, it's one of those collabs, isn't it? YouTube collab. We all have to do it. We have to do our <laughs> we time. Have to do it. It was a good laugh, though. We we got on quite well, and. Um, I, I don't know if I can say what we did. Let's just say the one I did with Connor, we had to drink a lot of alcohol. And the one we did Ooh. here, we had to eat a lot of chicken. And I ate... Nice. So I think I've, I ate more fried chicken that day than I've ever eaten on a single day. And I felt <laughs> like I was 50% oil and cholesterol by the end of it all. And I think yeah. it's, it should be coming out a couple of days after this podcast goes out. Uh, so you can check abroad in Japan. It should be up there. But yeah. Connor and fried chicken, it's a potent mix. <laughs> I mean, I guess like you, you were complaining last uh, show uh, on Sunday show that you um, you can't eat too many pot noodles because they're or cup noodles rather because they're too salty. But I mean, I mean, I, c- I cannot imagine how much salt you imbibe when it comes to your fried chicken obsession. Try to think about it. I did to offset that though. I did have there's a vegan place nearby, and I did have some vegan pork today. Some vegan pork oh. and some vegan chicken. Kariage fried chicken. And it was really good. How was like, that? It was yeah. really decent. Like, uh, good chicken kariage, right? They take the chicken, they marinate it in, like, soy mm. sauce and ginger and then the batter. And the best part of it all is, is that sort of the flavors, all those different flavors, the ginger and whatnot and the soy sauce and the batter. So chicken's not overly crucial. And they put the tofu chicken in and it works. Mm. It's really good. And yeah. the, the pork was really nice. The sliced pork, which was just tofu flavoured again with ginger and soy sauce. It works. I'm a convert. Nice. Converted to the ways oh, well, of go. veganism once and for all. <laughs> as long as it's covered in butter and deep fried to within an inch of its uh, <laughs> not non-life. <laughs> exactly. To be fair, mm. I did try being a vegan once. Uh, I My family in Canada are vegan. And I, I stayed with them for two weeks and I read a book I think it was called the China study or the China diet or something. I don't know. I read it. I was a bit bored. I read the whole thing and I was convinced afterwards that eating meat will kill me. So I became a mm. vegan for I think three weeks. Yeah. And I basically, cause I can't cook. I just bought loads of tofu sausages and tofu bacon and tofu chicken. <laughs> and I felt awful at the end of it all. Cause it was incredibly unhealthy. These like deep fried tofu products. And then I went back to my old ways. So it, I'm one of those people so, that like, so reads the, a self-help book and then I'm like, yeah, I could do anything. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, I'm bored now. I, I can't do this. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, at least most crisps are vegetarian. Yeah. 
And I'll Possibly not vegan. And that's that's one good thing we can take away from all this. Don't be a self help junkie. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever read a book? And you felt like, yes, I can take on the world and win. And then you're like, ah, oh, no, I don't think I've ever now. read a. I don't think I've ever read an inspirational book. <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> always seems. It, it just the, the sort of people who, uh, you know, I, I imagine that you might be the same. Where you get one sort of self help book, and then you're like, oh, I'll just get another one, and get another one, and and you kind of you follow a journey of just this kind of like your your, your self help is just consuming more self help media, effectively. <laughs> yeah, it does get like that. I, I went through that phase when I was like eighteen, but don't worry. When abroad in Japan, the book comes out, uh, you'll mm. finally have an inspirational book that you can read from start to finish. <laughs> A book yeah. that you yourself may appear in, chapter seven. <laughs> There'll be a little bit, of, a little bit for you in there. Lucky seven, lovely. Don't know what I was going to say, right? We've got a story here from Paige, and it says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm an Aussie student in my last year of high school, studying Japanese. Very excited for the borders to reopen and for me to be able to return to Japan for my third time and utilise some of my new language knowledge. Yes, yes, Paige. It's pretty fun." <laughs> Learning a language, then using it. Can't be beat. I've been to Japan twice, the first time being in 2017. We landed in Osaka, and whilst frantically attempting to find our very well-hidden Airbnb, our first stop was a small takoyaki stand, uh, fried octopus ball stand in Dotonbori, where the young man, I believe he was 18, serving us, used his best English skills to compliment, compliment me to my dad on how lovely my blonde hair and blue eyes are. My dad was lucky enough to end up with a free beer known as Angel Service, <laughs> as apparently I was an angel. This seems to be a trend in Asia, as it's happened many times throughout the many countries I visited. Uh, thank you for the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work while I'm listening while studying for my exams, and all the best, Paige. I can never, I've never had Angel Service. Angel no. Service. It's, uh, like, it sounds very lucrative to uh, Paige's dad. <laughs> very lucrative <laughs> indeed. Fantastic. I wonder, that'd be quite weird, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, just being a dad and some guy at uh, Takoyaki stands like, oh, daughter's hot, mate. Uh, what a free beer. <laughs> like, it's all a bit, I suppose it, it probably wasn't quite as seedy as that. It's probably a bit no. nicer than that. The accent does a lot of heavy lifting in that. But yeah, yeah, it is a little strange. But look, free you can't argue with free beer. As, as long as it's just a compliment about the hair and the blue eyes, give me the free beer. Let's get out of here, guys. <laughs> Your daughter's an angel. Have a beer. What a lad. And uh, yeah, fair play, to, fair play to Paige's dad. Well done. I don't, I've never heard of this. I don't know if it's a real thing or if it's just that stand. Or maybe the guy just made it up there and then. I, I've mm. never heard of it. What do you reckon? Is angel service a thing? <laughs> it sounds very. It sounds like the sort of thing you would see in like a, a dry cleaners in Japan. You sort of go, what does that even bloody mean? Angel service. Angel service. <laughs> oh man, good, good work, Paige. And uh, if any of you guys listening have ever had angel service, you've got a free beer for your dad. <laughs> Let us know. Good God, <laughs> um, we've got uh, we've we've covered so many outrageous. Actually, going back to the sto- going back to that story with the old blonde hair, blue eyes thing, there is definitely a thing for blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, I had a mm. friend called Tom, and he was from Australia, like yourself, Paige, and he had blonde hair, blue eyes, and he got so many compliments. So many people mm. complimented him. I think there's just I don't know what is there's something about blonde hair, blue eyes in Japan. I guess it's because it's so rare. It looks so mm. nice. Don't know, but he always did extremely well out of it. He was treated like a celebrity, um, <laughs> just, just for having blonde hair, blue eyes. Lucky him. Yeah. Now, Interesting. Japan, we have had some ridiculous crime stories over the years. 
Uh, my favourite will always be the manager of a shop who who held held, held up his own shop, didn't he? Mm. What with a mask? Yeah, on? to 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 protect to um because he wanted the money, <laughs> and he, I guess he would yeah. have been insured, so he would have got away with it. And uh, until people click, like sort of went, "Is that you, Mister Smith?" And <laughs> he went, "Ah, this is all being a test. This is all being a big test for the security." Uh, but they reported him anyway, and he got arrested. So uh, clearly, he probably didn't have a handle on <laughs> things as much as he thought he did. I'm going to get away with this by pretending it was a test. Unbelievable, <laughs> manager robbing his own store and his voice yeah. giving it what a muppet anyway another another criminal mastermind story this week a uh, couple rob a real estate agent during open house and escape with one dollar 84 cents jeez louise <laughs> oh good god so around 2 p.m <laughs> uh, on march 18th a man in his 50s and a woman in her 60s entered a real estate agency in koto in tokyo and inquired about purchasing a condominium located nearby they told the agent they wanted to see how it looked inside so she invited them over to take a, a quick tour the three went over to the building and entered the room after a quick look around the man suddenly pulled out a box cutter and demanded hand over the money the agent gave them her wallet and they ran away Immediately afterward, she hurried to the nearest police box to report the mugging and the stolen wallet, which contained a whopping 200 yen, $1.84. The agent, who's in her 30s, suffered a cut to her middle finger during the ordeal, but is otherwise in good condition. Um, But the assailants are still at large with their 200 yen. So if you see some rather shady individuals buying a Picari sweat at a vending machine, with a box, pair of box cutters, report mm. to the police because this is a crime of unbelievable, unbelievable proportions. What I will say is, I do feel a bit sorry for the woman. You know, so she didn't deserve that. No, but, no, uh, it could have been a lot yeah, worse. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. And, and also, I guess over here, um, if someone steals your, your shit, they've obviously got access to your cards and stuff. But obviously, I mean, over there, cards a little bit more difficult to. I mean, do they have contactless? Maybe they do actually. So maybe they, they could have got something out of it. But it would be quite, uh, it would be quite brave to do. So they probably thought they were getting a lot more money than two hundred yen. One dollar eighty-four. <laughs> well, hopefully she didn't have any money on a bloody Suica card because yeah, you could just use yes. that to buy anything. It's a little bit sketchy. Yeah. Suica, Suica mm. card. But I mean, she was very lucky because people do carry a lot of cash in Japan, mm. right? In their wallets. Like most people I know carry like five hundred dollars, five man at any one time, just because it is still a cash-based society, right? People don't use their mm. cards. Like in the UK, you can use a credit card, contactless, to buy something up to a value. I think a hundred pounds these days, right? Am I right mm. there? Yeah, uh, it's about f- uh, forty. It got, it got increased under lockdown, but I think it's around about forty. You know, like there's that, no limit on Apple Pay, I believe. I can't like that. I do. I mean, I like use my just use my debit card, just being like beep at the shop mm. doing stuff. It's fun, and uh, but we yeah, they don't really have that here yet, apart from Suica cards, I guess. But mm. it still feels a little bit behind on that front. But um, the second use article of the week kind of ties into that though it's japan's mattress money this is what they call it japan's mattress money hits an all-time high the bank of japan last week revealed that nationwide cash-based assets known as mattress money reached an all-time high in 2020 Uh, apparently (laughs) people store so much money in their apartments under the mattress Mm. uh, and when the tsunami happened back in 2011 a lot of money was just lost because people store so much money particularly elderly folks put a lot of their mm. money in their house and a lot of cash was just sort of swept away um yeah. apparently 
The bank said on March 17th that cash held by individuals through last December totaled 101 trillion yen, which is an increase of 5.2% over the year before. Uh, 101 trillion yen under a mattress. Not one mattress. Mm. A lot of mattresses, but still, <laughs> that is insane. Like in the UK, I don't, I don't know anyone that like just has money lying around the house like that, apart from no, coins I down would, the back of the sofa. I, I would sort of forget where I put it, and then the money <laughs> will have gone out of circulation, and I was just like, "Oh balls! I forgot to, I forgot to get it exchanged." <laughs> <laughs> and they think that annoying. They think that they've done this, or well, the reason this has happened is because people have less opportunities to go out. Right? People are dining out and drinking mm. out a lot less, so that sort of expendable like that sort of money people like to splash big on a on a night out they're just leaving it at home so mm. i imagine it'll all be gone by the end of the year though once things turn around but um uh, interestingly it does following on from what we said a minute ago about cashless payments the trade ministry said last year that cashless payments accounted for 26% of all household consumption in 2019 an increase of 2.7% over the year before uh, and they're trying to up that to 40% of all transactions by 2025 so japan is trying to move to cashless but it's just very very slow how can we speed <laughs> yeah. it up pete what can we do i don't, I, I, well, I, don't, I mean certainly in england I, I, what i've experienced is that I can't remember the last time I saw anybody use cash. Yeah. Um, apart from the very, very old, I think I think I would be surprised if it wasn't any lower than eighty percent of all transactions being uh, taking place on the old card. Might be wrong on that one, but it, it seems very high. I, 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 I when I you know walking around uh, London, you obviously get asked for cash all the time, but I, I just never have any money on me, and and <laughs> and I I can't imagine anybody does to be honest. Yeah, I, whenever I come home, that's one of the most jarring differences because in Japan I do carry a lot of cash. I don't mm. use my cards much. And then I sort of arrive at Heathrow Airport. I convert the yen into pounds if I've got any. I usually spend the 50 pounds that I've got on a few sausage rolls and some sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, then all my money's gone. And I just stick with cards right. the entire time in the UK. And then when I get back to Japan, it's back to cash. So it's quite interesting mm. changing when I travel between Japan and the UK, doing that sort mm. of the way you pay for things changes. Uh, yeah. I don't definitely. know if you find that whenever you go between countries. Oh, I mean, whenever I come home from anywhere, I've got just a uh, pockets full of shrapnel, uh, pockets full of euros, <laughs> pockets full of um, yen, po- pockets full of wine, all like just jangling around that I'll never get to use. I mean, yeah, you, you, it it does happen, right? You have so much change, and that's the downside of using cash. You just get so many bloody coins in Japan. And if you're ever wondering, folks, how to spend those coins, I would use just, just use them in a vending machine. Just get rid of them all. Just buy mm. loads of stuff out of vending machines, and that'll... It's the easiest way, really. Put it on you your feel, sweaker. Or get, yeah, or just chuck it on a sweaker card because you do feel a bit of pressure. That's another thing, right? Paying for something in the UK using a card, you turn up, it, the transaction's done in seconds. But often, if you try and get rid of all your coins at a shop front, it just feels really laborious. You feel kind of a sense of guilt, <laughs> or at least I do. Is that is that just me? Do I get a sense of guilt? Do you get a sense of guilt <laughs> using with coins? a big bag, bag of, with a big bag of coins? No, I don't think so. I think I, I think you, you feel like you're sort of holding everyone up. But I, th- I would argue that waiting for the bank to get contacted by the chip and pin machine is, pro- is probably um, is probably just as just as quick. I would say it's not. No, like <laughs> honestly, I'm so bad. I'm like one, two. Three. I, mean, I spend ages <laughs> counting my coins out. It's pretty bad. But uh, yeah, when you come to Japan, folks, I'd say always carry around three man, about $300 on you. Just because 
if you are using your card, there is a good chance you won't be able to use it, whether you're going to a restaurant or buying something. Mm. Like I've had many of my cards rejected here uh, for various reasons. So always do carry cash and uh, you'll be a lot better off for it. It's a lot safer. Before we dive into the fax machine, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. This week... At Sukarnov. On Wrestle Mark Haynes has been telling me about the world's tiniest man. Like, you wouldn't remember that guy <laughs> coming in. Flobbing in. Like, a big pancake. A massive sort of soft biscuit. <laughs> yeah, are you sure he's six inches? Do you remember him? Do I remember him? Do I, right, then he isn't six inches He's tall. got a very unique body. <laughs> you can also join me on the Luke and Pete show where me and Luke have been trying to come up with excuses for our poor hairstyle choices. Now, more than any other era of my life, I care less and less about what other people think. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I think we're at the time of life where we've probably got more disposable income than we had ten years ago, and we don't give a shit about what anybody thinks, and that's how midlife crises begin. I buy the stupid thing. I've got a scooter now. I'm wearing a ponytail. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarnov. And we're back. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Donaldson? 
We got a message from Matt in Kanagawa. Hello, Matt. Hi, Chris and Pete. First of all, I hate traffic. It was the bit of my existence while I sat in it during my morning and evening commutes, but working through the backlog of the podcast has made it so that I look forward to the ride every day. Although I'm still working on catching up, I must say I uh, find myself missing the speedy Japanese lessons as I try to uh, work through my um, N5. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, taking my N5 later this year. Anyway, on to my question. Maybe we'll have to put some speedy Japanese back into the show. I have been living in Japan for a little over one and a half years now, uh, but I stayed in an American-style apartment that was furnished when I moved in. Recently, I was helping a friend move into a new apartment when I noticed an extreme lack of furnishings. By extreme, I mean that they had to uh, even provide their own light fixtures and air conditioning units. The only thing that they had uh, when they moved in was a toilet and a bath. Is this normal for Japanese apartments? I've heard of uh, unfurnished housing before, but I've never seen one that didn't even include the lights. Best wishes, Matt in Kanagawa. Wow. God, it's pretty <laughs> austere, isn't it? That's just yeah, a, it's just pretty, a cheap, stripped down shit apartment company. By the sound of things, like <laughs> that's a bit sketchy. Uh, it's kind of sketchy. They don't have a lot of places. Don't have like a fridge or a washing machine. Usually, mm-hmm. I've had to buy those things. But yeah, you should have an air conditioning unit. I've never heard of a place that doesn't come with an air conditioning unit. God forbid, that'd be a nightmare. Because mm-hmm. like in summer. It turns into like an oven. Your apartment will just become an oven if you don't have an air conditioning unit. So mm. moving into an apartment in summer without aircon would be just hell. It would be shit. Likewise in winter, it'd be like moving into a fridge. So, uh, I've, yeah, I've never heard of that. That's, you just got done. That sucks. And uh, the light <laughs> fixtures. No light fixtures either. That's shocking. I mean, does, is it like that in the UK? Uh, not really, unless you're like buying a house and people have spent a lot of money on like, I don't know, ceiling roses and, and, uh, you know, really expensive lighting, but, uh, that they want to take elsewhere. But I mean, by and large, it's just a bit more, um, bother than it's worth. And you mm. certainly wouldn't get away with not providing lighting if you were a, uh, if you're a landlord. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least there was a bath. There's rules against that kind of thing. Yeah. At least there was a bloody bath. At least there was a bath. Yeah. Crikey. But yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm currently dealing with a friend. I say dealing with a friend. Kind of dealing. Talking with a friend who is trying to find an apartment and not having much luck, um, just getting rejected over and over. It is really difficult, and I do feel bad for him. But I can't really help, unfortunately, because I'm not Japanese. Mm. So one of the hardest <laughs> things is getting an apartment in Japan. But if you, come, if you come here and you work for a company, you'll be fine. They'll take care of it all for you. Uh, we got one here from Danny from LA. He says, hello, Chris and Pete. Love the podcast. Looking forward to Journey Across Japan 3. Yes, only two weeks away. God forbid. I'm quite nervous. Um, <laughs> Danny says, there's been a recent increase in market value in Pokemon cards, especially here in the States, as a result of the 25th anniversary and popular YouTubers, who I will not name, cashing in on the cards and shelves at every shopping centre being completely empty. Pokemon is now seen more as a means of making money rather than a Ooh. hobby, which is classing out the rest of us who love Pokemon for what it is, a children's game. And what's strange is my wife, who is Japanese, doesn't seem phased by this at all, and there doesn't seem to be any huge celebrations that I know of in Japan. And She herself uh, hasn't heard from any of her friends in Japan that are partaking in poker Pokemon festivities, uh, whereas in the States, <laughs> it's complete chaos and people are fighting each other for Pokemon cards and reselling them for three times the retail price. So my question is, in your opinion, what does Japan really think about Pokemon? Will there be hordes of people flocking to see these super rare manhole covers you mentioned in the previous podcast? Is it as much part of Japanese culture that we make it out to be? Or is it just in passing? 
like Doctor Who in British culture. It's there, but it's nothing really to make a big fuss about. We'd love to know your perspective. All the best, guys. Danny from LA. What do you make of that, Pete? <laughs> you love your Pokemon, don't you? You're the Pokemon master. Yeah, no, I haven't got the first <laughs> clue. I think I watched one season when I was a kid because I like the, uh, well, not even a kid, I was at university because um, <laughs> I really like the theme tune. Um, yeah, I don't really understand it. I don't know what it is. I've never played a single video game from the Game Boy ones to the ones that are on the Switch now. I have no grounding in your Charizards and your um, Bulbasaur's and your, your, your Pokemon's. So I can't help there. Chris, you must see Pokemon all over the place, even if you don't realise it's Pokemon. I mean, yeah, I read the other day, There's an art- I read an article about, um, I think it was a post box. Where was it? Somewhere in Kagawa Prefecture in uh, Shikoku. <laughs> They've got a post box. They've just put Slowpoke, which is this kind of lazy Pokemon. Just sits there. He's a psychic Pokemon. And he just sits atop the post box. And you can you can post your stuff in there. And Slowpoke will sit there and um, just, just smile away. But I don't know. Well, what, what are the benefits of that? I guess it looks nice. It's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not that big on Pokemon either. I, I used to like it when I was a kid, when I was like nine. And I was one of the few people mm. that played the Pokemon card game. You know, you could like battle it out with your Pokemon mm. cards. I'd do that. And I think I was like one of three people that actually played the game. The real rush just came from collecting them, right? And having all of them. Like you'd go yeah. down the shop. There was a shop near my school. You'd go down there. You'd ask your mum for 10 quid, 10 pounds. And you'd be like, go on, mum, give us a tenner. I want to buy some Pokemon cards. She'd go, I don't know what that is. And you'd go, give me the money. Then you'd buy the Pokemon cards. You'd open it and there'd be the same <laughs> fucking Pokemon every fucking week. Oh, It'd no. be like three or four Pokemon. Always the same ones, like Rattatat, the crap one. And Psyduck, oh, it was rubbish. But right. still, still scarred by it. It's interesting, though, isn't well, it? How like you remember those things all those years later? Like I haven't hmm. done anything Pokemon related since like two thousand and two, and you yeah. somehow know how Psyduck speaks. You well, know that. I, I, that's what I mean. I remember it from. I remember it from the one season of Pokemon I watched when I was a, when I was a, 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 a watching things ironically. I think I had a Pokemon T-shirt as well, right? <laughs> um, which I used to wear. Down the clubs. <laughs> cool. Down the club. You're cool. I mean, I, I don't know that many... I don't have many Japanese friends who care about Pokemon, really. I remember when mm. Pokemon Go took off, everyone I knew was playing that. Even Ryotaro. Mm. I remember we did a video, and at the end of the day, we were staying at New and he we had a twin bedroom. I was in one bed, he was in the other. And uh, he used to sit in there playing Pokemon Go. And because it's like a well, the AR, right? An AR thing. Yeah. You have like a camera and you can see the room. I remember he was just laying there on, it, on the bed and he was filming in his stomach and there was like a Blastoise or a Squirtle or something just on his stomach. <laughs> and he was like trying to throw... Squirtle on his stomach. It was That's squirtle on his stomach. And he was trying to throw Pokemon balls at it. And I thought, wow, this is... This is what it's come to, is it? Um, <laughs> he seemed to enjoy it, but the craze came, yeah. sort of came and went. And um, at its peak, though, you know, I remember Sendai Station. Even now, there's still quite a lot of people around Sendai Station who mm. like make the pilgrimage to go there because certain places in Japan have certain Pokemon, right? And the idea was to right. encourage domestic travel. It's quite clever, really. So you get like loads of people just standing on their phones yeah. around the Sendai Station area, and it looks quite scary. You think something bad <laughs> happened, but they're just standing there. Just playing a bit of Pokemon collecting, game. Collecting yeah. Pokemon. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. And I mean, I guess Sendai Station's so massive, and all train stations are really massive, actually. So mm. I think you could probably you could probably sort of corral people into um, some open spaces so they're not, like, clogging up the network. But, yeah, yeah great stuff. Good. I, I nice to have a hobby. 
I don't imagine I'll be getting into it anytime soon. We've got one here from Wayne. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. Not a story, but a question. If you ever left Japan and did another Abroad In series, where would you most likely go uh, from Wayne? Where would you go, Pete? If you could do a travel series, which country would you choose and why? I mean, right now, I'd I'd like to do the Italian Riviera. (laughs) Just eat pasta, drink limoncello, and just (laughs) sit on a lounger reading books. Oh, fantastic. Living the dream. I'd have to go with Utah. It would just be an exclusive travel series based around Utah. (laughs) My American viewers would be like, why did you choose Utah? And I'd be like, I don't know, really. It's nice parks, isn't it? Just do do a loop around Utah. That'd be quite fun. Just like the name. I think it'd be cool. Cool. I'll take Natsuki. We'll do that. (laughs) It'll be cracking. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to the Born Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back to do it all over again on the next day, which is Sunday, isn't it, Pete? It is, yes. We'll see you We'll this podcast on an unusual day. It's a, it's a day we've invented. Thur, it's really confusing. Thur Wednesday. Yeah. Thur, 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 thur for a day. Thur for a day. It's a special yeah. day. So I've completely screwed up. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out for the video as well with Connor and myself eating chicken, drinking sake. There's one on his channel and one on mine. Hopefully they're out. If they're not out, I'm crying in a room editing a video as we speak after this. So hopefully will be out. <laughs> keep an eye out. But for now, guys, enjoy the next few days and we'll see you then. Have a good one. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.